Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier and flagship podcast of LM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and I've got a treat for you guys, as I was able to spend an evening with Stephen L. Young, who's played Mr. Negative in Insomniac Spider-Man, as well as Tectonic in Netflix's Jupiter's Legacy. We talk about Marvel, DC, the importance of family, and why the support of diversity in the entertainment industry is so important. Also, as a special bonus... I had a chance to ask Lin-Manuel Miranda about his latest feature film, In the Heights, directed by John Chu. It's definitely a blast, so I suggest you get to it. And here we go. So this is going to be too easy of a question, so I don't want you to say Mr. Negative. Yeah. If you could play anybody in the MCU, who would it be? Oh, in the MCU? Yeah. Namor. Namor. Namor, bro. Okay. Namor. Now they might have already cast him for Black Panther too, but like that yeah. that was always my thing. It was like I I just need the hair like going like this yeah. and then like come on man. I'm good, royalty I'm a good swimmer. Yeah, royalty. He's got the intensity. Yeah. I, I feel like I have the height, so that would be the dream. Namor that, for sure. You can put that cool. in your headline. Stephen Oyan wants to play Namor. Heck yeah. I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. I, so what I love about that is that's that is not one that a lot of people say. But right. again, like you said, for Black Panther 2, like I would absolutely love to see uh, that interaction. I know, right? I'm looking forward yeah. to that for sure. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to if they cast him already, but like, <laughs> whatever. I'm looking forward to the movie, no matter what. So, yeah, man. That's it's cool. A, Look at you now. Cool. All I can see is Mr. Negative. Yes. Um, and nice. so I, I'm curious. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do, do people like see you on the street and you're like, are you? Do they kind of look at you and make that face? Well, first of all, I feel like I have to make my voice deeper to match your dulcet tones. Brandon, you have a great voice. I love it. I love it. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I've had that happen a couple times now. I actually had a funny story. I went to an audition like last year. Uh, and as I was walking into the room, this guy's walking out and he's eyeballing me, man. He's looking at me and he's looking hard. And I'm like, no, surely, no, you're not, you, you want something? So then I start, <laughs> I start feeling a little weird. Like, why, why are you looking at, why are you looking at me? I pass him and I'm just like, this fool had no idea how close he was, how close he was, right? And then he says, Steven? Yeah, exactly. He goes, Steven? And I, I, I'm, immediately I turn and go, yes. And he goes, oh, young, right? And I'm like, yeah, do I know you? He's like, oh, I love your stuff in Mr. Negative. And I was like, <laughs> Hey, anything for a hey, bro, bro. Yes, thank you. So That's awesome. that was, yeah, that was a close call on my part. I gotta work on that temper, man. I gotta work That's, on that temper. Get just to a low simmer. Get it. Yes, get down exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't want to talk to you about two old projects, even though that's the one that, that really excites me. Uh, sure. The one that I first recognize you from. You're coming off of Jupiter's Legacy. Yes. Um, you got to play Tectonic. One of the questions I had for you about that, like as you were doing that battle in the first episode, did you ever yes. think to yourself like, you know, 
uh, long ago, the four nations, they, they lived in harmony from Avatar. Did you, did you get the feeling? Because you were basically an earthbender, right? Brandon, also, funny secret. I, that's not the first time I was an air, uh, earthbender, okay? I, one of my first big jobs, how I got into the entertainment industry before I was an actor, I was in stunts. That's how I got into, into acting in the first place. Sure. And one of my first big jobs was being the airbender, I mean, the, the earthbender in the credit sequence, in the opening credit sequence, right? When they're doing this, that's me, yeah. baby, doing yeah, this. That's all right. that's yes. awesome. And then, and then uh, you know, that movie, eh, but like, it was a great experience. <laughs> and I got to double Dev Patel, so that was amazing. Yeah. So I was doing the blue spirit and all that. But yes, it was funny. We were joking, me and uh, you know, the action designer, Phil Silvera, we were like, yeah, you're, you're Earthbender again, bro. This is an old hat for you. And I was like, ah, yeah, you know, Asian Earthbender, it's just what we do. There is no war in Ba Sing Se, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was, it was fun, though, because I, I was like, okay, we went from that. That was how, however many years ago, right, Airbender, to now I'm an actor, right? Now I have a character. Now I have a, you know, a role that's very meaty. Heart, right? I can yeah. be friends with the main character. A short screen time, you know. Obviously, spoiler alert, but who knows? It's comic books. Anything. It's happen. comic books. Right, right. So to go from that to however many years later, what is that? Like fifteen years later, or something yeah. like that. Uh, it made my parents proud. Put it that way, right? So, so, well, so since you brought up your parents, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is. I saw a clip where you were talking about your father uh, and it it touched me very particularly because you talked about the fact that your father gave you the license to do what you do now. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Did I cry in that interview? Because (laughs) anyways, my late father. I did. It was me. (laughs) I cried. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I aim to do. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been a martial artist. I I loved kung fu films growing up my father is the one that got me into it uh, he's learned swai jiao which is chinese wrestling judo when he was a young man uh, he actually had aspirations to be in the movie business himself back in taiwan when he was growing up but his father made him uh, choose a more traditional path and get his phd in engineering and he became yeah. a mechanical engineer but my father and mother you know my mother's a social worker retired now but they both you know, took that spirit, uh, this immigrant spirit of coming over to America, creating a new life, you know, and they, they had this kind of, this, this belief that America is the land of opportunity. So I'm an anomaly, right? A, a lot of Asian American actors will say, well, they kind of wear it as a badge of pride, right? Where they're like, well, my parents didn't support me. And it's like, I'm, right. I'm in the anomaly. My parents had nothing but support. And I'm very grateful for that. And so I learned martial arts for many years, and then I got obsessed with wushu, kung fu, when The Matrix came out. So Keanu Reeves is another inspiration, right? And it's like, I just wanted to do something about that. And I was always acting. I never really considered uh, Hollywood to be a a viable choice because I was too scared. But my father sat me down when I graduated college, and he said, you know, what would you do? We were really deciding, what am I going to do for the next 10 years of my life? And he said... You know, am I going to be a graphic designer or go into politics or what? He said, what would you do for free? And I said, you know, honestly, if I had no fear, I knew it was all going to work out. And I had all the time in the world, I would do acting. Which is, to me, that was like such a scary thought because who likes to be rejected all the time? I didn't think I could take it. And so my father said, well, you should do that. 
and he said, I'll give you 10 years, right? I'll support you, you know, emotionally, mentally, all that, right? We'll be behind you. My mom, the same thing. We will be behind you 110%. But he said, if you can't get one job, though, after 10 years, boy, you, that's it. You're going back that's to it. school, right? You're going back to school, and you're going to do what I say. You're going to be an engineer, right? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so, you know, the rest is history, right? Thankfully, I was able to... Uh, use my martial arts to transition into stunts. And then from stunts, I was able to become a fight choreographer and then a fight coordinator, a trainer. Uh, and then from there, I made the literal jump into acting, which is which has always been the dream. And so this is why I'm able to talk to Brandon right now. Dulcet tone Brandon, yeah. So, so I thank my father. You know, I thank my father and my mother profusely because they they always said, try it. Because the worst that anyone can say is no, right? You no, know? and and my brother has said this. My older brother has said this too. It's like sales. You got to get a hundred no's before you get the yes. And I have gotten many no's in my career. You know, for every little thing that you might see, or for every credit on my IMDb, for every thing that I'm proud of, I have 10, 20 things that I didn't get. You know, so yeah. the hustle continues, which is why I'm out here now and still doing the thing. That's cool. That's it's really awesome that they instilled that in you and they were willing to support you and, and gave you that license. That's that's very cool and very special. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about uh, Jupiter's legacy before we got too far away from that. So you've played uh, at this point superheroes. You've played villains. One of the central questions of Jupiter's legacy is about the code, Sheldon's code. Yes. And it was a question of like whether or not you could kill. Right, whether right. Or not you kill. Right. Having been on both sides of the spectrum, how do you feel about that? What What are your thoughts about whether or not superheroes should should do that? Have I killed before? Let's see. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I mean, so as Mister Negative, that that was a beautiful thing, right? That's the dichotomy. You know, everybody is the the hero in their own story. And now that I get to play Jason Todd, Red Hood, in Gotham Knights, right. it's a similar dynamic, where you have these kind of intense, tortured heroes who could be villains and do they kill is that the thing right and what do i man you know the politically correct answer is you should never kill right that's the politically correct answer batman says you should never kill sure but i i have to be i think there's a reason i played tectonic in in jupiter's legacy i have to be if i'm being totally honest i think sometimes you need to do what you need to do and if that if that takes you to certain extremes it's of course unfortunate. I don't think you should set out with murderous intent, yeah. right? But I do think sometimes the only way to stop something is if is you have to go. You have to be willing to. You can't take that off the table. Put it that way. Sure. All okay. Right? Right. Yeah, it's just an interesting question. So, like we saw uh, in Batman v Superman, and right. um, and even um, basically Zack Snyder movies. So, if it's a yeah, Zack yeah, Snyder sure. movie, there's always sure. a question like, is, is are they doing the right thing and doing right. this in Marvel movies? That's typically not a question. So, it's very right. interesting. I'm, I'm curious what you thought about. Well, that. yeah, and I think I think with Mark Miller, uh, you know, material especially, it's more leaning towards the kind of darker. I hesitate to say the word cynical, but it's definitely a more mature. Uh, view of the world today and I think the look we are also as an audience starving for the just the 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 purely good character right the the lawful good that that character that always that like that's why everybody's like oh evil superman is over man we need to have like 
good Superman, right? Yeah. I think people are starving for that too because the world is such a dark place. I think in entertainment anyways, there's always room for those characters as well. They're, they're a shining example that we can aspire to, sure. if not fall short from, but at least aspire to. And I think, you know, let's take it back to Jason Todd, right? I think that's something that he wants to do, right? Especially in the later comics runs. So that's yeah. something that I delve in in the character as well. It's like, looks, you know, it looks up to Batman, but it has a tortured relationship too. Just like okay. Jupiter's Legacy, it's all a circle, it's, man. Yeah, it's all a circle. It's all a circle. It's all a circle. So let me take you back to Gotham Knights. And it's hard for me to tell uh, based on looking into the gameplay that I've seen. Sure. Is, is this a successor to uh, the Arkham franchise? How would you, having worked on it, how would you categorize this? Yeah, uh, well, you can turn off the little graphs over everybody's head, so that's helpful, right? So it'll yeah. look a little more like what we're used to. <laughs> I think the, uh, I can't get too much into the gameplay. I played okay. right when they, you know, in the early stages as well, so they're still refining. Um, is it a successor to the Arkham games? Uh, I think the feel is going to be, uh, as you can tell by the trailers, it's, it's different. It's yeah. different. But... What I will say is the kind of care that uh, I see going on in WB Montreal and their studio, uh, what they're doing with the writing team, uh, the animators, like everybody is putting their heart and, and passion into this. And it's, it's paralleling what I saw in Insomniac when we were making mm -hmm. Spider-Man PS4. So if that's any consolation, I think there is that. And I have seen a lot of the cinematics and uh, it's a very nice, a very choice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Were you, you've gotten to work on a lot of big IPs, particularly in the video game realm, uh, using your voice, like Knights of Republic, uh, yeah. Spider-Man, this, were yeah. you a gamer? Is this, is this the realm in which you play or is this just like, this is the job? Yeah, I am not, I am not like a professional gamer by any means. Uh, I always prided myself on like, well, I make the games. So it's yeah. like, okay, all right, you know, you go play. I'll, I'll try to like make the games. I, I'm too tired, like getting beat up or beating people yeah. up, you know, but uh, I obviously have my favorite games, uh, which are Metal Gear Solid 3, where he's in Vietnam. I love that game, right? Like I played that religiously. I thought I, I, I even bought it just so that I could watch the cutscenes. I yeah. love that so much. Um, and Resident Evil 4. I'm not even into horror, but I love action. And so the sure. two blending together, I was obsessed with both games. So those two games, I, like I still have them on my little PS3, you know what I mean? Yeah. And those are the games I will play to the end of time. Um, yeah. But, you know, you probably won't see me start a Twitch channel because it's just, that's a lot of work to be a professional gamer. I have, I have nothing but respect to professional gamers. <laughs> They're good. I'm just, I'm not good enough. I'll die. Who wants to watch that? You know? Yeah. Um, and I got to say, so you, the, the first game that you threw out there, Metal Gear Solid, is probably one of, it is my favorite game of all time, mostly because of the nice. ending. Um, right. I, I have a friend of mine, we talk about this all the time, that, you know, the first time I beat that game, I just put the controller down walked away um because it was just that heavy yeah i've never experienced that before yeah you're playing the you playing the boss the big boss yeah. and then that song by star sailor which i downloaded and i've yep. been listening to religiously on on playback for the past 10 years or ever since that game came out right 
like I thought that the action and you know as an action guy myself as well I was really drawn to that that fighting mechanism that they're doing like uh so good CQC CQC and Ocelot and then just all the stuff is just like yes yes so I'm really looking put it this way sometimes people ask me what are you looking forward to you know what are you, what are your goals right and I always say one thing or the other today right now I'm saying I want to get on uh, the next Metal Gear movie that they're making, man. That's what I want to do for sure. You're gonna do that's it. You can, I mean, I'm who saying. do you have to call? That's what <laughs> exactly. I'll get my people on it. Yes. To you. Yes. How do you choreograph, and what to you makes the best kind of fight scene? Yeah, you know, I always say this: the the story. You start with a story because otherwise, yeah. the, the big mistake that I used to do that everybody does is you string together a bunch of cool moves, but yeah. the audience will see three cool moves and then go, I know exactly where this is. This is just cool move demonstration time, right? Yeah. What people will be drawn to is it, it doesn't have to be the cool technique. It's the simplest thing. You know, it's even a simple punch. It's a simple look, but as long as the story is there, you have the high and the low, you have the, the main character struggling, and then you see the struggle and then the, the, the people are, the character overcomes that struggle. That's what we all tune in for a fight for. Yeah. You tune in to see the character struggle and overcome that struggle and a little bit of surprises and tricks along the way. Right. That is what makes a really good fight. And then of course you got to shoot it right. Yeah. So sometimes they cut the heck out of it. Right. In editing. But if you get, if you can get the right angles, if you can get, a good director that can let the action play out uh, in front of you and you can understand it, then that's the best kind of fight there is. You know, some yeah, of my best, awesome. yeah, some of the, my favorite fight scenes are like Star Wars, uh, you know, uh, Phantom Menace, right? <laughs> it's really clean, that yeah. fight, you know? Hallway scenes uh, that all the Marvel shows do, they're great too because they're just very clean, you know, in Daredevil season one, like, and Punisher and all that. It's just very sure. clean action. So uh, that's the kind of stuff that I like. Okay. Yeah. It, it's funny as you describe the things that you like, I'm thinking of uh, Ray Park and yeah. Phantom Menace and you can hear the music and you can see yes. the doors open. Yes. So yeah, they just did a really good job of setting up and making them feel that yeah. more. As you're describing, talking about the struggle, I'm thinking about Daredevil dressed in black and yes. as he's fighting everybody in that hall, you can see the human kind of cost of yes. fighting and the fatigue That's of right. fighting all those guys in the room. It's so, yeah. a great, it's a great, two great points. You know, the setup is so good to build up the tension and then do it right. And then as you yeah. also said, that human struggle when he's out of breath, we care more when he's out of breath than if you see a, a dude just literally doing 50 moves right. perfectly. Right. Because we can, we can associate with that and we can, Put ourselves in that place and then when he wins he or she wins we're just like oh that's cathartic for all of us that's why we yeah. go see these fights yeah that's really cool that's really and again like it's really cool that you gave that explanation because my mind is just like exploding thinking of all the examples <laughs> um obviously the probably the biggest one that a lot of people think of now is in game oh yeah captain for America sure strapping on the shield for and, sure right yeah. i mean think about the fight right there right like People maybe remember one or two moves from the actual fight, like when he threw the hammer and it yeah. ricocheted back. But what do you really remember? You remember that moment where he's 
like you said, he straps the shield and is bloody and he's tired and he's going to make his last stand. That's what we remember. That's why we go see the movies. Yeah. What I love about this conversation is I think that you, you've forever colored the way that I'm going to see fight scenes now. I'm going to think about like, what are the stakes? What, am I into this? Or am I not into this? And right. What is there and what's missing? Right. So exactly. Awesome. No, absolutely. Yeah. Good question. One of, the, one of the funny stories I saw you tell was one about uh, Keanu Reeves. You said after you trained him on 47 Ronin. Yes. Um, like you go up to him and you're like, hey, remember yes. me? Every time, man. Yeah, of course I, I remember like, you. Like, yeah, I met, I, met, <laughs> I met him five times. Every time. Hey, I'm Steven from 47 Ronin. You remember? Ah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You have no. <laughs> but I don't blame him. Whatever. Yeah. Cool guy, man. He could lie. You know, he didn't have to lie to me, you know, so. He's a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Super cool. Super cool, man. With regard to the franchises that you have worked on, one, is it hard for you to believe that this escalation that you're getting to work on these things that you enjoyed as a kid or when you were younger? And what's the one that you've gotten to work on that you just can't believe right now? Oh, that I can't believe. Yeah. Well, as far as the, the progression, it was such a this is a difficult journey so i'm just i'm always blown away every time you know i get called to do something or i get the audition and then they like what i do i'm just happy that people like what i do man you know and i want to keep that going so yeah every time i'm just super grateful and super blown away and uh, you know honestly yeah we say well let's not talk about old stuff but Spider-Man was huge for me. That was a groundbreaking one because I had done motion capture for many years. You know, I was behind the, the scenes, being the person's body, doing the fights. Like I did the the main fight in Uncharted 4, you know, oh, really? sword fight, yeah. right? Where, yeah, so I was like coming up with stuff like that. But like, you don't see my face, you know what I mean? So sure. for them, for Insomniac to do that and for me to be able to beat up Spider-Man, like that was a childhood dream. Like if I can't be Spider-Man, at least I can beat him up, right? Okay. And then to go from that to getting, you know, Red Hood, which is voiced by Jensen Ackles to much acclaim, right? Yeah. Uh, Jensen Ackles is kind of one of my inspirations too, because when I listen to his voice, sometimes when I need to be tough, right? And to play a tough character, I just do what Jensen Ackles does. Stuff like good. Jensen Ackles, right? And it's like, I get into the Jensen Ackles mode. And so it was very funny when I did the audition I was like, uh, they didn't tell us the names of these characters. I kind of had an idea, right? But I was like, ah, what is going on? And then I saw all the people in the room. There's all these seven feet tall, right? Because yeah. obviously Jason in this game is seven feet tall, right? So seven feet tall, big hulking dudes. And like, look, I got muscles, but I'm just, I'm a martial artist. I'm more live. Yeah. So I go in and I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. I might be in the wrong room, man. <laughs> you know. So to get that uh is wild right um yeah one of the big ones that i just that i love doing was like ncis with mark Harmon. yeah i love ncis so to be able to do a scene with mark Harmon, yeah where we're supposed to be best pals i'm just like this is a wild journey my friend you never know who you're gonna meet who you're gonna run to the biggest one for me was dude being in a car commercial with george clooney yeah i had to sit with george clooney for eight hours and just not say something stupid because you're literally sitting next to the coolest dude in the planet. And so what was like, that like? What was he like? 
He was exactly what you see in movies. He's cool and he's everybody's best friend. I got nothing but good words. But I've been really lucky, you know, like everybody that I've trained, Denzel, Keanu, Jennifer Garner, uh, and worked with George Clooney, every one of Adam Driver, every one of them has been great. Every one of them has been nothing but kind, professional. And I think that's why they're at that level because sure. it's always the ones that are coming up. We got something to prove that kind of have a chip. It's the ones that are, that are at the top of their game that are super gracious to everybody. So, okay. But not you, not the guy that was about to fight. Oh, bro. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I gotta have the attitude. I gotta, I gotta have a little Petrino. I gotta have a little. <laughs> so given that you get to work with all these people, especially somebody like Keanu Reeves, who you said for you, like the matrix kind of changed the game for you. Yes. How do you, how do you stop from fanboying on these people and just how do you remain professional and do oh, your job? Yeah. You know, uh, well, I let myself have the fanboy moment in my head. Right. And then I realized that, Hey, we're all, uh, trying to make this movie. We're all trying to do the scene. And then I just play in that world. And then you just become, it's so cliche, right? But as an actor, you are the character. So I'm trying to do justice to the character. And I also know that I have more eyes on me than just a regular Joe Schmo. You know what I mean? Like anytime you see an Asian American male actor on screen, whether it's video games, whether it's his voice, whether it's in movies or TV, you know, that can either inspire someone or that can demoralize someone. So I'm always out there trying to do the best version of, of my character that I can so that, uh, you know, so that the character is never boring and the character is sure. never the butt of a joke because I feel like uh, that's the kind of change that we need to see right. in media. And I feel like it's happening, you know, it's it's slowly but surely we're getting there. Yeah. Um, so not to take it off of you, but one of the things that you were talking about reminded me of the Invincible. And yes. what I loved about the comic book, so I read the comic book, I read the whole yeah. thing, right. and Amazon said they were going to do a show, I was very excited, and then they were like, we cast Steven Yeun, and I was like, wait, what? And it just, it was kind of this moment, and I love that they changed the script, and changed his family dynamic, and changed those things to make that fit, so I really love that. Right, absolutely, that that is a, you know, I'm very competitive, so... I'm just take that for what you will, but you know, Steven Yuen, he's one of the guys that I'd love, I'd love to work with. And, yeah. uh, he's an inspiration. And you know, even when I saw him on walking dead, I, he is so good that I just said, Hey, that guy bless him. Right. Like his career and everything that he's doing, he's, tra he's trail, he's trailblazing for a lot of us. And sure. so if I can just, you know, if we are great we're grateful to ride the wave. That's all it is. And, you know, I'm trying, I'm gunning for Invincible season two. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be the long lost brother that he never had okay. from the planet. I forget the name, but yeah, it comes over, it comes I, back. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll now Valeron, Valtrex. All I can think of is color. I just remember him as being purple, but I cannot remember yes, his name now. Yes, yes, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that'd be super exciting. Yeah, I hope you yeah, get it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so May right now, it is Asian yes. American Pacific Island Month. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so not only is that a big deal in its own right, but I don't know if you saw the news today that uh, the president just signed in to law new legislation about uh, reporting hate crimes. Yes. And absolutely. making it easier to do that. And so absolutely. given that 
Um, that's one of the things that's so important to you. I would like you to speak about that and just and say what that meant to you, if anything. Absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, living in America as people of color, as you know, as you know, we have similar experiences. Um, obviously, here's the thing, right? Everybody, uh, there's a lot of chatter where people feel like, look, there's too many causes, not enough attention. Right. And, and sometimes it feels like we're pushing diversity for diversity's sake. But I always feel like diversity is really about breaking stereotypes and actually telling good stories. Right. Mm -hmm. And what, what I mean by that is everybody's got all these untold stories and experiences and points of view. And it's not just the AAPI community, but it's every community. Right. And it's mm -hmm. every color and it's every demographic. And Everybody wants to be seen and everybody deserves to be heard, I believe, in this country. So when we get more diversity, we're going to have better stories. And as entertainers at our core, we're just trying to tell good stories. So it's good for all of us. As far as the recent wave of anti-Asian, you know, violent crimes that are targeting uh, the most vulnerable members of our community, you know, my mother is a, is a part of the demographic. I have to go with her to the grocery store every day to make sure she doesn't get attacked. That's, we feel unsafe. And you know what? A lot of people in this country have been feeling unsafe for many years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's nothing new. If anything, that's a very American experience, you know? And, and, and uh, yes, as far as the bill going through, there's still a lot of work to do. I'm glad it went through. I'm glad we have venues like this where people like us can talk because I think a lot of it just has to do with getting awareness out there so that people can see that people like you and me, absolutely, you know, that, that people like you and me are people, that we're human beings, that we are part of the fabric of the American life, that we're not going anywhere, that we're not victims and we're not scapegoats and that we're fighting back and that we have perspective and, and a voice. And so with that, I would say like, go, you know, I don't have any superpowers. <laughs> but I've been looking for a while for things to, to, to help contribute, you know, in a concrete way. And I believe that GoFundMe.com backslash AAPI is a great hub that anyone can go to. It's a one-stop shop, basically. You can just go on that and you can donate to individual victims of these crimes, which are happening every day. Sure. And you can also donate to a fund that is nationwide that distributes your contribution to uh, various AAPI uh, charities and social organizations. And AAPI encompasses like all of us, right? The, the Vietnamese and the Chinese, Japanese, Koreans, Malai, Thai, whatever, all of them. You know, I know everybody wants a voice. So if you go there, you can just give a few bucks and it'd be very helpful. So, but yes, you know, like I said, the, the Stop Asian Hate, I want to also really emphasize that at least for my part and for all of my Asian friends, like we also are in solidarity with yeah. all the groups, man, that are under attack, you know, that, that feel like, yeah, that are basically just, unheard. it feels like we're unheard and under, under attack, you know, so I, I stand in solidarity with them. Yeah. Um, and also, it's, I, I remember getting frustrated. There was a, a news story that I saw, and I'm fairly certain it was on CBS and it seemed like, the newscaster was trying to pit like basically black lives matter yeah. against um right. folks in the asian community who were being yeah, attacked. yeah it's right. like that for me watching it it's so much cringe and yes. it's hard to believe yes you know and uh 
And of course, like historically, let's just talk about it, man. Let's get real. We were talking about Jupiter's legacy. Now we're talking about real stuff, right? But yeah. yes, in the black community and the Asian community, there is tension. There has been historical tension and everybody's got a grievance. And I got news for you. Even in Asia, Asians have tension with Asians, you know, and everybody's got a grievance and, and rightly and deservedly so. And so what I try to do is just remember the goal and you know, we're all Americans, we're all people. And I try to respect that and it's painful. And I try to also respect other people's pain too. And I don't, I often say the wrong thing at the wrong time, but I think there are more good people than bad out there. Okay. Um, in terms of diversity in front of and behind the camera, what if anything, um, can we as viewers do to help push and ensure that, you know, folks who have um, come from diverse backgrounds are, are creating and crafting those stories that we're seeing? Right, absolutely. Well, you know, if you look at, uh, especially with the advent of social media, it now has been, an, this is an unprecedented amount of power that the, you know, public has over the decision-making in the business. If you look at, uh, just off the top of my head, you know, the Snyder Cut, right? Like they were able to resurrect, literally resurrect in, in one movement, just through social media, uh, a, a dead project basically. And I think what viewers can do uh, specifically is obviously continue, you know, advocating for diversity, the word diversity, right? That in and of itself is a big push, the theme of it. But what they can also do is single out people like you single out people like me right and and as self-serving as it sounds this is the only way that it happens like if they become fans of you if they become fans of me right and more fans uh grow then hollywood and the the power makers and the decision makers cannot ignore cannot ignore you that's that's all there is to it they just have to watch us it's as simple as that you know and interact with us on Twitter and, and Instagram and just show their support. That's it. That's awesome. Right on. I appreciate it. Um, well, I'm definitely a big fan. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, and I, I would love to see you continue to uh, do well and succeed because you're already doing great stuff. Uh, like I said, the, the things that I've seen you do, um, it's been exciting to watch. So I hope it continues. Right on. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Let me just listen to my block. It's quiet. Usually the one train's up there screeching. Oh, so much stuff going on. Just got me thinking about all the people I care about the most. There's a breeze off the Hudson. Just when you think you're sick of living here, the memory floods in, the morning light off the fire escapes, the nights in Bender Park blasting big pun tapes. It's a story of a block that was disappearing once upon a time in a faraway land called Washington Heights. Who's gonna notice we're going? Say it so it doesn't disappear. Washington Heights! Look who's home! Bad changes happening on the block since you've been at school. When it came to dreams, we had to keep scraping by.
Hi, Brandon Jones from LRM Online. My question is for Lynn. Lynn, you talked about the things that had to be taken out. And one of the questions I want to ask you is about the things that were added. So the DACA storyline was completely new to this. And I was curious, why was that important for you to add? What, what made that special for you? Yeah. And again, full credit to, to Kiara for really making that front and center. Obviously, uh, the discussion of immigration and how it affects our community is a decades-old conversation. That's certainly uh, nothing new, but we are also, we were having that conversation in, in the midst of an administration where we had been demonized and otherized uh, as a people um, in a way that was really close to unprecedented. Um, and so, um, again, I, th I think it's just, uh, it's in the, it was in the present tense and on the front page of the paper in our community in, in a different way. And, and Kiara really kind of brilliantly brought it to life just by, by having one of the most beloved characters in the show struggle with it. Like the one character who's like, I don't want to go back to DR. I don't want to go back to where you grew up. Like my home is New York City. Um, like my place is here. He's the character who when 96,000 happens is the only one who sings about investing in his community and fighting gentrification and like making the world better, not just his own fantasies. And again, like to humanize undocumented folks who make our country better in that way, you're telling me that kid doesn't belong here? That kid isn't gonna make this country better um, by, by, by staying? Um, I think it's just, um, I think it, it's, it's, it's really kind of a, a brilliant move. And, and I'm happy with the things we cut to make room for that, to be a part of the conversation our characters are, are having with each other. Cool, thank you. Thanks. So, dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials. Like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, LRM has other great content for your consumption. Where else? On LRMOnline.com. Also, we've got a Discord. So if you fancy a conversation with anyone from the Breaking Geek crew or the website, go on over there and check it out. You can find it on LRMOnline.com. Lastly, in the Heights with Lin-Manuel Miranda, releases on June 11th. You can catch that streaming and in theaters. Also, if you're interested in catching Stevie New Young's next project, that's going to be Gotham Knights, and that's dropping on video game consoles and PC next year in 2022. Other than that, it's been a blast, and I will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.